Hello, distinguished listeners. It is with great honor and humility I welcome you to my podcast. I will urge you to listen to my entire podcast and share your thoughts on this podcast. As the world is on high alert and some on lockdown to avert the spread of the deadly coronavirus COVID-19, it is with a sad feeling to hear the number of people dying daily worldwide. African-Americans have seen the most death in the USA. And if you have lost a loved one, please kindly accept my sympathy. Let us all adhere to the preventive protocols initiated by local and federal authorities and be very optimistic that this deadly wave pass soon and life will return to normalcy. I want to share some of my inner thoughts with you today. And I want to unveil unto you an interesting podcast that will take your mind off a little bit of the news. To a thought of helping humanity in a different manner. Please kindly spare me a moment of your valuable time and listen to this podcast and your life will never be the same if you are a descendant of slavery and eager to locate your ancestral origin. In this day or night, depending on your geographic location while listening to this podcast, I respectively and humbly call upon you and all humanity to come and support this human identity recovery program dubbed Afro Nexus. It is with much joy that I present to you Afro Nexus project. The project was conceived out of abundance of love for family unification and the love for progress of humanity. This podcast shall focus on connecting people of African descent in the diaspora to their ancestral roots in Africa. It is no news that descendants of slavery that are victims of the transatlantic slavery have lost their true real African family identity for over four centuries, that is over 400 years. Afro-Nexus is all about creating a system to facilitate African family identity recovery by linking descendants of slavery to their DNA connected living families in Africa. If you are a descendant of slavery listening to me right now, you should be smiling and rejoicing because something creative and interesting is crossing path with you right now to help you find your true African origin identity. If you are an African listening to me right now, you should be excited as well because you are about to find out if any of your ancestors were victims of slavery and you might have the opportunity to find and connect to your DNA matched family members from the diaspora. If you don't fit in the group of the parliamentary people, you might not be excited as they are, but I guess you might find it interesting and might be able to support. So spread the word and share the good news to those who might know that you can let them know that can benefit from the program. Thank you. I am the founder of AfroNexus Project and I will be your host for this podcast entitled AfroNexus Episode 1. 
Now I would like to introduce you to my background briefly. My name is Christian Ohemen, popularly known among my peers as DJ.5. I will start by giving you a detailed background about my life, unveiling my background to you my cherished listener is going to take a little while, but please bear with me. This is for your own good to let you know the kind of person, the core the kind of personality you are dealing with. And this is going to be just a one-time thing. I am a naturalized U.S. citizen, originally from the West African country, Ghana. I was born and educated in Ghana. I migrated to North America in 2007. Prior to that, I had lived in Ghana from 1977 to 2007, a good 30 years of my life. I grew up in an era or period in Ghanaian history when Ghana was under military rule with a history of coup d'etat through to transitioning to multi-party democracy in 1992. As a result, I have experienced autocratic military rule, distinctive African democratic governance, and the system of government of the United States of America. For 30 years, I have lived, witnessed, and grown to understand the cultural and socio-economic lifestyle of the typical African family. Since 2007 to present, I have been domiciled in the United States of America and I have had the opportunity to live, witness, and understand the cultural and socioeconomic lifestyle of the people of North America. I am an Ashanti from the Oyoko and Adako clan. My parental grandfather hailed from Domi and my grandmother from Mamponisuta, all in the Ashanti region. My maternal grandfather was from Etia and grandmother from Gabin, all in the Ashanti region. My maternal family settled at Kofoldia in the Eastern region and that is where I was born and lived. Growing up, I had the opportunity to know most of my maternal family members. I never had the opportunity until now to know my paternal family members. My 43 years of life have been an adventurous and an interesting journey. During my primary school education years, my family lived at Srodai, a community in Kofoidia. Most of the houses in my community were compound houses, either a single room or a chamber and hall. In the community, most of the houses did not have toilet facilities, so people that lived in houses where there were no toilet facilities eased themselves at a public toilet. You can imagine just a line of people in the morning just going to ease themselves. Most of the people in the community get up early in the morning, get into a queue just to be able to ease themselves. How sad was that? Most of the communities had schools, churches, mosques, refuse them, 
and a public toilet. As you can imagine, that wasn't the best structure, but it was the norm of the day in my neighborhood. A standard single room has a dimension of 12 to 15 feet square. It is used as a bedroom and a living room. A chamber and hall consists of two single rooms connected to each other. The inner room is used for a bedroom and the outer room is used as a living room. My father used to work for the government, so he was transferred across the country. Black. My mother was a seamstress, and later she started petty trading. I recall my parents mostly lived separately. My father will visit time to time, and my mother also goes to visit him until there was a period where my father lost his job as a result of the military rule in power at that time and he disappeared from our life for a lengthy couple of years and reappeared later. In the early 80s, my mother and three of my siblings lived in a single room house adjacent to the famous King's Bar at Sodai in Kofodia and later moved into another single room in the house right across King's Bar, opposite King's Bar. During the same period, my maternal aunt lived in the house that occupied King's Bar. So, as you can observe, I grew up an, at an early age in King's Bar area of Sodai. Eventually, we moved into my great-grandmother's house adjacent to the main public place of convenience. And that is where we live until we found finally moved into our own built house at Abasi. Life around the Kingsbar area of Sodai kindled my passion for farming. Since my maternal grandfather was a farmer, he took me along to work with him on his farm at an infant age, and I loved it. And ever since, I developed the love and passion for farming and always wanted to go to the farm with him or any of our neighbors on the weekend when there was no school. My grandfather fell ill at a point in his life and couldn't work on his farm anymore, which was devastating to me. So I started following our neighbors and other family members. I actually didn't care who and where. I just wanted to go to the farm and work, eat, and have fun. For me, working on the farm is like fun and like a hobby. And my love for farming was so great and I get emotionally satisfied when I plant things in the farm and see it grow prior to harvest. My love for farming was to the gravity that when I was doing something as a little boy, and it was wrong, and an elderly that knows my passion for farming sees me in that mood, he will say, stop or else I am not taking you to the farm again. I will stop immediately, and for me, that was a no-go area. In my grandmother's house, we moved into a chamber and hall room. In this house, we shared the chamber and hall with another relative who occupied the outer room, which is the hall, and we occupied the inner room, 
which is the chamber. We later, over time, had both rooms after the relative moved out. During my secondary education years, I also lived with my maternal auntie for a while at Betum and Isuka, all in Kofoldia. Most of the inhabitants from my birthplace were civil servants, entrepreneurs, penny traders, and farmers. In 1989, after passing a common entrance examination, I gained admission into the last batch of GCEO level education at New Jabin Secondary Commercial School in Kofoldia, dubbed in Jasko, where I graduated as a science student. In 1994, after my secondary education, whilst awaiting to further my education, I had the opportunity to learn a trade at the then Ophelia Intermediate Technology Transfer Unit, DAB ITTU, which was a gratis project. At ITTU, I studied textiles, batik, and tie and dye. Whilst at ITTU, I also worked for Simotes Fabrics. After graduating from ITTU, I started my own small business of producing batik and tie-dye cloth for sale as a source of income to support myself and my family. I was also involved in farming for food production and income generation. I continued to work and farm to support myself throughout my tertiary education and employment. Immediately after my tertiary education in 1999, I was employed as a production manager at Boahim Best Enterprise at Obwasi in the Ashanti region, where I supervised and produced textile materials for the local market. In 2000, I was employed at Akusumo Textiles as a deputy supervisor in charge of the research and development laboratory, and that is where I worked prior to 2007 when I migrated to North America. All this while, I was still engaged in petty farming for food production and income generation. Akosomo Textiles is one of the best and biggest textile manufacturing companies in the West African sub-region. At the peak of its production, it employs over 2,000 employees. ATL have three divisions, spinning department, weaving department, and printing and dyeing department. Spinning department uses raw cotton fiber to produce threads or yarns. Weaving department converts the yarns into gray cloth. Printing and dyeing treat the gray cloth and print and dye to produce cloth for Real wax prints and Java fancy prints. At Akosomo Textiles, I was hired into the printing and dyeing department. I worked in the printing and dyeing research and development laboratory as a researcher into creating color recipes with dye stuff and chemicals for mass cloth production and also testing the quality and fastness of all cloths produced at the factory. I also handled wastewater management and liquid effluent treatment analysis and testing. I was promoted due to excellence performance and added the responsibility to supervise a section of ABC wax printing and dyeing. 
I work 12 hour day shift for six days and change shift on the seventh day to a 12 hour night shift and a continuous repeated cycle like that for almost eight years. In plain terms, I was just literally a workaholic. During the latter part of 2003, a publication in the Daily Graphic newspaper, which was a local newspaper about sericulture in Ghana, drew my attention to that industry. Since I have the passion of farming, I investigated and initiated a feasibility study into the sericulture industry in Ghana. My passion for agriculture coupled with the practical knowledge I acquired working in the textile manufacturing industry intrigued me to conclude that sericulture was a very viable venture, hence my involvement. Please kindly permit me to share a little bit of my experience with sericulture business in Ghana. In 2004, I started an investment into a sericulture project whilst I was still working at Akusomo Testers Limited and formed a company called Eastern Silk Enterprise at Kofundia. Sericulture is basically an agro-based industry, an activity where silk worms are raised to produce silk fiber for cloth and silk fabric production. In 2003, the FAO, which is the Food and Agriculture Organization under the United Nations, approved a grant for the government of Ghana to develop and promote sericulture and the silk industry in Ghana. Under the project, the FAO, which is the Food and Agriculture Organization under the United Nations, purchased and installed complete machinery for silk processing, that is silk cocoon reeling, silk weaving, silk printing and dyeing. The government of Ghana took the cost of the infrastructure to house the machinery under the project. Ten pilot farmers were selected throughout the country and assisted to expand their production capacities. Also, in 2004, the FAO took the cost of installation of the machinery by Indian consultants and engineers and also trained Ghanaian technicians in silk processing industry. I was one of the lucky first Ghanaian technicians to be trained to mount and operate the first and only silk factory in Ghana. Throughout the project duration, a series of training programs were organized for farmers to acquire the requisite knowledge and skills in sericulture and silk processing. I was one of the outgoers that emanated from the project. I attended the workshops throughout the life of the project, studied and then initiated my own project with the help of families and friends. Between 2005 to 2007, my company, Eastern Silk Enterprise, was the largest silk cocoon producer in Ghana. This is a fact that can be checked at the silk processing factory at the Institute of Industrial 
research under CSIR Accra, Ghana. In 2005, I received training in production management at China Dyeing and Holdings Company Limited in Hong Kong, China. It was through my affiliation and involvement in the silk business in Ghana that paved a route for me to migrate to the United States of America in 2007 till present. In America, I have lived through the status of a non-immigrant to permanent resident and currently a naturalized U.S. citizen. In the U.S., I have worked in retail, warehousing, moving, and currently in the transportation industry as a commercial driver, class A model coach operator. I have been employed with Coach USA Suburban Transit from 2011 to present. I have been the local secretary treasurer of International Association of Sheet Metal Air Rail and Transportation Union Local 1589 from 2015 to present. I have acted as the local insurance agent for United Transportation Insurance Association from 2015 to present. For now, this is how far I intend to go with my background. A careful analysis of my background and career before migrating to the West, that is North America, and my current career clearly indicate a sharp contrast in profession, but I have been able to adjust and adapt to the new lifestyle in America. I have had the opportunity as a result of driving buses to shuffle and interact with a lot of people across the length and breadth of United States and Canada. I have observed firsthand the culture and lifestyle of descendants of slavery in North America and the Caribbean. I am of the view that the hour of indignation as a result of slavery can be healed and sufficed when descendants of slavery are connected to their living family members and a bond is created. The purpose of this podcast is to solicit funding to support Afro-Nexus project to initiate a project with the primary objective of connecting descendants of slavery in the diaspora to the doorstep of their living relatives in Africa through DNA matching. Afro-Nexus project is interested to generate, create, and compile a DNA library among the people of the West Africa with family information and location. This project will enable descendants of slavery trace their ancestral roots to the doorstep of their living relatives through DNA matching as a result of the DNA library that is going to be created by the project. Afro-Nexus project intends to raise a grant of $1 million, again, a grant of $1 million to help finance the project which will assist descendants of slavery to connect to the doorstep of their ancestry roots free of charge. 
The West African country Ghana is historically known for its commitment to the unification of Africa worldwide. Given its history, it is not surprising that the government of Ghana sponsored an unprecedented year of return in 2019. This enabled people of African descent and descendants of slavery in North America and the Caribbean to visit and connect to Ghana as a gateway to Africa. The year of return intention was to celebrate the resilience of African people and to mark the 400th anniversary of the first Africans being forcibly transported to the New World, what is now known as the United States of America and the Caribbean. It was officially launched in August 2018 in Ghana and announced in September at a press conference at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. The magnitude of the wave at which descendants of slavery and Africans from different African countries trooped into Ghana during the APEC celebration of the year of return in December 2019 clearly indicates that our brothers and sisters in the diaspora are ready to connect to their ancestral roots. During the Afrochella event at Airwalk Stadium in Accra, Ghana on December 28, 2019, and subsequent events thereafter, a survey and interviews was conducted by Cove City Radio and Cove City TV among participants from the diaspora, and hence the concept of Afro-Nexus was conceived. The primary objective of Afro-Nexus is to create a nexus or a connection between descendants of slavery in the diaspora and the African people to enable them to trace their ancestral roots to the doorstep of their living relatives through DNA. This project will also create a nexus for Africans living in the diaspora to connect with descendants of slavery living in the diaspora and eventually integrating the returnees into the African community for the unity and development of Africa. If you are a descendant of slavery or an African or anyone listening to this podcast that share our view and hope this project materialize, then please kindly join our Facebook page Afro Nexus Beyond the Return and check out our website and also follow us on all our social media feeds so you can help make it happen. You can also get more information on our webpage. Thank you and see you in the next episode. Episode 2, AfroNexus. Thank you for your time. AfroNexus is interesting. The project that we have been putting together is intriguing and is coming to stay and it is going to make an impact in the life of the African-American and the descendants of slavery. Join us, follow us, and let's make this happen. Thank you for your time and have a nice day. See you in the next episode. Thank you.